Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. So for the toys one for this month, I was at first going to do big wheels, but um, I decided to do the uh, like He-Man castle play sets instead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, dude. Those are so awesome. I was like looking up like pictures and stuff from like, you remember, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you probably would have done this too. Like if it was around, especially Christmas, you'd get like the JCPenney catalog. Heck yeah. And in the back was the Christmas toy section. Mm-hmm. I've told kids right. like like the, the like the students I teach and stuff. I go, you guys have missed out on one of the iconic um, you know moments as a child, and that is getting the you know the Toys R Us catalog, oh, yeah. Christmas catalog. That was that was oh, it. Because yeah. you know? when we talk about like the the big movement to like um, uh, like industrialization and you know um, you know retail shopping becoming popular at the turn of the century in the 1900s, the the Sears catalog was the way to go shopping catalog, if you yeah. lived out in the mid- Midwest and stuff and everything. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no Amazon shopping list back then. No, oh. no yeah. And uh, you'd, like, circle and, like, bunny ear pages and do Dude, all that stuff. I would break those catalogs down <laughs> so hard like it was a Pentagon briefing. I knew every page, <laughs> yeah, right? all the details, the price point. Like, there were some years my mom would give us, like, a budget and be like, okay, oh, you yeah. only got $200. And so I would map out different scenarios. Be like, okay, I can get this. With, like, say $200, I can get this, this, and this, where I can go one big toy. And then, you know, this, oh, ridiculous. So there would be, like, different, yeah, like, okay, if this one doesn't work, then I can do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. it was never was a guarantee awesome. you could get that. And so, like, you would have to, right. you know, tell Santa, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, Santa. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I want these scenarios, but if you, if your elves can't make this toy right here at this time, then we'll go with this one instead and everything. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. So we, we had, actually still have, I was talking to my dad about the columns that I'm doing, and of course, he's still got them up in the attic. Um, but we had, we didn't have the, like, the Eternial one that was, like, the huge, huge one, but we had um, Castle Grayskull. Uh, Snake Mountain with the sweet microphone thing. Yes. Um, and uh, my sister had the Shira Castle, the Crystal whatever palace or whatever it's called. Right. Um, so we had all of those, and those things are bulky. But like, remember, you could like, it was smart though because you could put all of the pieces inside and then close it up and like snap it shut. It was smart because the level like the was it, what was it called the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the Technodrone. Um, yes yeah. yes that was yeah. the same thing too and like the original death star yep. for star wars you could hide everything in there and that was a great way to like clean up your room you know you didn't have <laughs> yeah. to like worry about like putting everything in boxes you would just stuff it all into those <laughs> big ass toys and then even, put her off and by your bed and then you're good even if it had nothing to do with that like it might not even be no. like the star wars just jam it in there until it closes uh, that's so funny that is so true yeah so I was looking up that. I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. So that was fun. Oh, man. Oh, good times. And it just brought back, you just brought back so many childhood memories right there. I mean, doing all oh, this. Oh, man. Seriously. Because I, like, in the toy pages in the series, that's what it was in the series. Cat- I mean, there were tons of catalogs, right? Oh, yeah. Without but, um, I even remember, like, looking in the catalog of like the spring edition and I asked my mom I'm like why aren't there toys in there she's like oh that's only the Christmas one so yeah, yeah man I would scope that thing out 
and <clears throat> you know they'd have like the guys section of stuff and the girls section of stuff and because i fr- so the catalog that not only meant that the store had it but like couldn't you call the store and like tell them the item number if they had it and like put it on right. hold or something yep lay lay away lay away lay away yeah yeah that's how my mom lay away. that's how my mom was able to guess like uh, a couple power rangers lay away. Yeah, she called the, the Toys R Us store and was able to, like, hold off, like, three Power Rangers because, remember, it was, like, so hard to find them, and then people were getting into fights and stuff, so uh, she, what? she just got lucky. No, go ahead. No, no, just what? she got lucky and called it, Yeah. What is a toy that you had that was maybe, like, the most difficult one to get? You know what I mean? Like, there, there were some toys that were just, like, super hard to find, right? So, like... Yeah. I, I, so, like, for instance, I had all the Dick Tracy characters. We could never find the blank. Never. Yeah, oh, I and, remember that one. And it's and it's one of those things. There were some toys that, for whatever reason, there just weren't as many made. And so they were super difficult to find. But what was – I have one that I looked for for years, and I'll tell you what it is here in a second. But I don't know if you have um, any that you can think of. I think the one that, like, I remember the most being on the hunt for was the Dragon's Lord with the Green Ranger. And oh, yeah. We and it was pure luck how I found it. We we ended up going to our Kmart by our house that no one ever went to, and they had like a full shelf of them. It was like a like an end display, <laughs> like on the end caps of the display section, and there was like ten of them right there. Just and I was like, it, you know, it's like the one store you just walk into and you found you know the the holy grail, and that was it. And like my mom, she was like, okay, go out to the car with your sister so she could pretend that you know she didn't get it and the santa got it and stuff and everything so but yeah that was like because uh, i remember for so long looking for it looking for it could never find it ever. and then just it not even like going searching for it looking you know we just walked into kmart oh there it is just on the, the end awesome. cap right there like nothing you know and like no no one rushing to go get it no people are walking by and everything like um, yeah, that was the one I remember being on the hunt for for a longest time. And then I think the toughest one to find was the w- the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time um, for oh, Nintendo 64. Because yeah. that came out for Christmas as well. It came and it was weird because it came out like two and a half weeks, three weeks before Christmas. And it was such a mad rush to get it for oh, yeah. the Christmas time. Um, and that one, like, my dad and I had to go on a hunt for that one. I remember, oh, like, game store after game store looking for it. And, it, you know, it was just a matter of just – because back then, you know, game stores only got, like, a limited amount. And then they had to wait, like, till the next month to get a new shipment. Right. So it was oh, just yeah. a – where could you find it? And I think my dad ended up finding it just on – like, uh, by a Walmart, by his work and stuff, and just got lucky on there. Uh, oh yeah what about you so mine oh man so i had um like when x-men were in their heyday right right the cartoon was out like everything you know so the figures were had been out for a while but then became like really huge there was one that like i remember i read in wizard do you remember wizard of course magazine Yeah. yeah and so like and they would have different toys and stuff in there and the one coveted one that said is predominant, it was like is predominantly on the West Coast for whatever reason, but they didn't make a ton of them. And so for whatever reason, it was mainly out there, but you could still find them randomly in other places, was Iceman. Really? And yes, the original Iceman, he was like clear, like see-through and had like this like ice, like, I don't know, it looked like a big skateboard, but it was like his ice that he shoots, you know, but um. So sure enough, we were my mom and I were at Toys R Us for whatever reason. I rem- I still remember like going to the like way back of the store, and there was just like the outside aisle, all these X Men characters. And I'm sorting through. Boom on the left hand side, couple couple characters deep, found myself Iceman, the only one there. That's I crazy. Was sprinting down there to oh yeah, but that that was that was. That was a tough one. Yeah, like you said, the Green Ranger Dragon's Or. Well, because that's the thing. The difference with that toy was that the other Power Rangers came by themselves, but the Green Ranger came with the Dragon's Or. Dragon's Or. Yep. That was the that was the the wham and bam. Huge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You got that one, dude. I. Oh, yeah. it, it reminds me when you said Iceman. So, um, uh, kind of on that that thing. Um, 
Who was it? Gambit. I found a, a Gambit action figure. Oh, yeah. Of course, I take yeah. it out and play with it and stuff like that. And come to find out, like, if I kept it in the box and everything, it's, you know, like, I think it's like 200 or 300 bucks then to come. Like, it was one of the more rare ones. I never knew it. And here I am just, like, playing with it and beating it up and everything and stuff. And now going to all these comic conventions and you see it, you know, out there. It's like, oops, I wish somebody had told me, you know, to, to hold on to it and stuff. But, right. yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the X-Men series ones were oh, – it was always so hard to find the the animated series costumes. You could always find the alternative – like like Wolverine, the finding the yellow and blue action figure was, was a little bit harder to find than, say, like the, the classic comic one where it was like that orange tint to it. Um, oh, yeah. Cyclops, you know, the where he has the – it's I don't know if you remember, but like uh, in the comic book series, he has the it's like his head is covered in a, in a, like his suit or whatever, and so you don't see his hair. But in the animated series, it's only the visor and the his his red hair is flowing uh, and stuff. The oh, Jeep yeah. Ray was another one was difficult to find. Um, yeah, it was yeah. that. But that one, you go to like uh, KB Toy Stores or Toys R Us, and you could just sit there and look through, ship through all the. The, <laughs> the toys and see which one you could find in the back and stuff oh yeah yeah i remember oh man kb toys that would be i i remember one that i found do you remember the colossus one where like actually now that i think about it the figure itself sucked because like his arms were in a stationary position yes. well, i remember that mm-hmm. he was he, he was so big. big like you could make him do cur- you could make him do curls remember right. so yep. his palms were like facing up but i found him at a Woolsworth. remember Woolsworth? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, worth, yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah. where, where was like the sketchiest place you ever found a toy? Or like you not necessarily went toy shopping, but you were like, you know, you it happened to be in there, and you're like, oh, here's some toys to start looking through, and you actually find some decent stuff. Dude, I, it might have been Woolsworth because That's like Woolsworth was like a, I mean, kind of like a general store, right? Mm-hmm. So like yep. it wasn't known for toys per se. I remember being at there, I think it was the Zanesville Mall with my grandma and my mom, and like randomly found him. And I want to say at a different Woolsworth, I found um, like the Ninja Turtle, like the Mousers. Remember those? They're like wind up Mousers. Yep, the Mousers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I found that. Oh, then the other one was a. Oh my gosh, it may have been a. <laughs> may have been a. Woolsworth or a five and ten. So I was at my grandparents' house in um, like a small town in Ohio, like super small town. And oh, it was a, at a Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. ben Franklin. Oh yes, yes, yes. I know. What it was yeah, at. dude. Right, which is like smaller than a general store, right? Yes, without a so, doubt. Okay, okay. Picture for people who don't know what a Ben Franklin is. Picture almost like a little bit above like the dollar tree toy line and that's kind of like what it was you know what i mean but that's where i actually found my rambo knife watch amulet combo i found that there yeah uh but yeah those are probably some of the places (laughs) most random places what about you so over by my house in georgia this is way back when before uh, BP had bought an Amico. So it was an Amico gas station. So you know, <laughs> in the mid nineties and stuff. And so it was a gas station slash convenience store slash toy store. So we like, we would go there and it was like a little shack of a, you know, place and stuff like that. And, you know, up front you go pay for your gas, whatever. And then, you know, there was like some sodas and other things, but in the back, this guy had just like, set up shop and it was you know all these toys and everything come to find out like 10 years later so now like i'm in my mid-20s and 30s the guy was a pedophile and was taping kids in the <laughs> store and trying no to like way. yeah and trying like and not just like teenagers he was trying to get with like you know eight nine-year-old kids and stuff and the, finally the cops what? figured it all out and stuff oh yeah had a camera in the bathroom and everything oh Yep, what people will do. Wow. Did yeah. you get any good toys, though? Where's the real question? <laughs> oh, it, it was like some Hot Wheels <laughs> stuff and everything. It wasn't the greatest selection of toys, but, you know, yeah. it, it yeah. is what it is. Uh, well, I can only imagine. Wow, yeah. that's wild. 
Yeah, and to come to think about it now, he probably like rubbed those toys all over himself and everything. So, oh God. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was about right. Yeah, your place is way more sketchier than mine. Oh yeah, it was. It, it's so uh, random too. It was like, in you know, back then. I guess I didn't really think about it, but I guess now today, if I saw a gas station slash convenience store slash toy store, uh, <laughs> it, was, it would raise some. Raise some concerns for me. Yeah, yeah, man. But in the eighties, like late eighties, early nineties, man, like whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. You, no, you and Bad Night. Uh, I mean, I would walk probably, I don't know, a good solid three to four miles just to get to that convenience store, just to <laughs> get a soda and see what you know cheap toys were available and stuff. <laughs> Oh man, he reminds me of the like the old man on Family Guy, like the old neighbor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, the guy was yeah, yeah. wasn't too weird. Normal, like, I would, I mean, more, from what I remember as a kid, he seemed like a normal guy. It wasn't anything sketchy about him that would like raise yeah. red flags. But man, he he concealed it well. Yeah. Wild. So, wow. but oh man, crazy times, and we're still living in crazy times. Yeah. Did you um did you get a chance to watch that video I shared with you about Bruce Arena? Yes, I did. All right, that's a that to me like, dude, Bruce Arena is like he is just looking for attention. I swear to God, I, he was like kind of talking in circles with it. Which is, yes, you know what I mean. It was just like, I, yeah, it like I expected him to either be like one way with it or another, but he kept like kind of almost like not kind of contradicting himself and was like i don't know so by the end of it i didn't actually know exactly where he stood i mean yeah. kind of but yeah it was odd to me so for those of you guys that are listening and basically earlier this week or it was last weekend um bruce arena was on espn and <laughs> made this bogus claim how he doesn't understand why we still have the national anthem playing at sporting events he says he's the most patriotic person in the world but that we should stop playing the national anthem at the you know at sporting events that it's it it doesn't serve its purpose anymore and you know little backstory he was kind of you know on the right point so the national anthem playing at sporting events was during World War II to of course heighten patriotism and so after World War II the continuation of the national anthem was played because you had a lot of professional athletes uh, you know that served so it was honor of recognizing them. Then we go straight into the Korean War and then, unfortunately, the Vietnam War right after that. But it's just been a time-honored tradition. And um, and so it was kind of funny to hear the – well, now he's the former coach, but the two-time USA Nationals coach <laughs> saying we don't need to hear the national anthem. Dude, Jurgen Klinsmann just became more patriotic than Bruce Arena. And Jurgen Klinsmann <laughs> is German, I swear to God. I, so – yeah, I, I was very confused at first because then he went back and said like, "Well, no, for national, for like national, yeah, teams, it's fine, it makes sense, but just not within the United States." And so, but okay, so here's the thing. So, all right, so I I think what he was, I understand to a degree on what he was getting at. I guess. Yeah, I do so, too. But it so came off way off. He, right, and so. You know, he was talking about, like, with Colin Kaepernick and other guys, like, when they, like, he said, like, I agree with, like, you know, kneeling and respectfully, you know, a respectful protest, which, mm-hmm. you know, I agree with because, you know, they're, like, they're, like, they're taking a knee, which I think is completely fine. They're still honoring the anthem, but right. protesting in the same way. I think where you get kind of like the two kind of schools of thought or whatever it is you want to say is those who are protesting because, like, you know, I, like, they don't want to represent an anthem that is, like, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't promote freedom for everybody. And mm-hmm. it does, so, like, I understand from that sort of a point. I think where, um, you know, I differ from it to a degree, and Bruce Arena even said this, so he said, like, the reason why it started was out of honor to, like, the troops, especially mm-hmm. after, like, World War II, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that's the way that I've always viewed it, is not necessarily um, toward even the 
country itself, but towards the people who fight for our country, if that yep. makes sense. Because the, I get so you. like for instance, for, from and, and why I'm coming from that spot is because you know my cousin was fought in Iraq and was killed in Iraq, and I even remember like the last letter that he wrote me before he uh, was killed. He even said like that like this is not worth fighting. Like we should not be fighting for this. Like we should and so that just you know I think sometimes like there's a difference between honoring troops and honoring the in the country i think those are two kind of different areas right because like right. i mm-hmm. don't feel as a, like the, the troops are not making like the like the systematic issues if that makes sense but i do right. understand where people like like i said are you know like calling kaepernick or someone is protesting that aspect like that part does completely make sense to me so i understand that there are kind of like the two views of it right I right understand what bruce arena was taught like which way he was going because it was like he talked about like you know the troops after world war ii and then it like came back around to well no we shouldn't do it and then it was like well for the national team it's fine and like the whole thing i just felt like he talked in one big circle there i didn't see there really being an actual stand it's just like bruce arena's coaching <laughs> it's going around yeah, in one big I circle know. <laughs> right yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly you know no i agree with you like I, I i i take the same approach like i've you know um i have a lot of friends of mine and from high school served in the military i was you know rotc in high school for all four years so a lot of the guys that i went to high school with most of them ended up going in the military i you know went on to college and everything um and so but the respect i have and what i you know the four years of i know it's high school you know rotc it's not college rotc but you know the respect i have for all the military men i take that same approach with the the national anthem and why i think it should still stay in in professional sports is that it is honoring those who have fought for this country you're taking a moment out of your your time uh, enjoyment think about it you're, you're all these fans gathering together and enjoying a, a you know a sporting event are able to do this because of the men and women who serve this country and do that so i think bruce arena is wrong in that standpoint of getting rid of the national anthem because it is out of respect for the troops and for the the men and women who died now when it comes to colin kaepernick i take the same approach it's you know as you did is you know the one of the greatest freedoms in this country is having the freedom of speech so you know, you have the right to protest, and I understand why he's protesting, and I see it. It, it took me a little while, and it took, I had to do my research, and of course, and everything, because it, at first it didn't make a lot of sense, but I understand where he's coming from. Um, and his original protest, when he just sat on the bench, that I didn't agree with, but then um, I, uh, when he, uh, I forgot, it was his teammate, and then um and then a serviceman who got in contact with him and talked about and and doing a kneeling, you know, it 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 reflects, it's a reflection off of uh, servicemen kneeling at the gravestone of the, you know, fall, when they go visit the, the gravestones of their, you know, um, men that they served with, from women that yeah. they served with that died in combat. So I get that and I'm okay with that, and, you know, but for Bruce Arena to, to, to be the, you know, he's the most winningest coach in the, for the national team and stuff and to represent U.S. soccer like that and say we don't right. need the national anthem. I mean, to me, that's a that's in poor form. I get, I, I kind of understand because he, he, you know, he was basically trying to argue that the original purpose of it was to honor the soldiers from World War II, and you know, I guess he was trying to say we don't do that anymore. But I, I mean. When I go to a NASCAR race here in Charlotte on Memorial Day weekend, they have servicemen come out and hold the, you know, the flag out, you know, the, the flybys of the servicemen, you know, right. doing, you know, flying in the jet. So that to me, you know, it may not be at every single sporting event where they have servicemen out on the field honoring them. But that's the purpose of it. That's the reason why sure. we do the national anthem. So, yeah, I, could, I just could not believe like I, I've never really been a big fan of Bruce Arena uh, in and I still do not understand why he was hired to replace Jurgen Klinsmann. I mean, listen, not saying the national team would have went to the World Cup, but Jesus Christ, I mean, he could have just kept Jurgen in the spot and let him finish out the, you know, the term. But I mean, they were they they were completely reactive. That's all. Oh, yeah. They were reactive. They needed a, what they thought would be a quick fix. So I go back to Bruce Arena because he's, you know, Mr. MLS. But then at the same time, like, 
you know, had his good uh, stint in, you know, especially 2002. Uh, but, you know, the game, the game has changed and, um, oh, yeah. you know, I, and it's just a different level. Um, yeah, but I just, you know, yeah, I, I didn't understand where he was going per se with his statement. And like I said, I, um, you know, um, like I said, I, I, that's where kind of my stance, but I also completely understand, you know, why people are like protesting it as well. Like I understand that and i don't yeah. like blame them for that either. um don't under- yeah i just don't understand what arena was getting at it's like he it's like he said it and then was trying to back and like make up his mind about what exactly it was he wanted right exactly i still don't get it but um let's move it into to actual real soccer not the bruce arena soccer that we're accustomed to <laughs> uh did you get a chance to watch any of the premier league soccer matches oh uh, yeah i've, I've- yeah. I've seen pretty much all of them. Yep. Yeah. What did you think about it with no fans and kind of just the? I, I think we kind of nailed it last week. It, it was like like half seventy five percent full play to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you saw that with all the teams, and I, I knew there'd be some of that too. Honestly, with with people coming back, and mm-hmm. I mean, people haven't played in three months. You know, um, like I don't think. Any of the teams looked amazingly sharp. I know City probably appeared to be, but that's also because Arsenal made them look sharp. Let's get yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of what I thought it would be. It like the level that they're at right now kind of looks like when a lot of the teams do those summer like prep tournaments, you know? Right. Yep. Um, and and so like I said, I think it was. You know, I mean, it's good to have it back, but I think, I think not playing for three months and then obviously, you know, not having the crowd there makes a huge difference. You know, what raising people's games, yeah. lowering people's games. I mean, you know, and I think we've, you know, I think we've seen. I mean, you know, it hasn't been bad or anything like that. There's been some, you know, entertaining, really entertaining matches. Um, you know, who was still informed though. Jose Mourinho's press conference after the game or after the match. That guy has been waiting to talk to the media now for like three months. He was, he had a prepared speech about Harry Kane. Uh, The guy, he is so in love with himself. I swear to God. Well, I think he prepares more for that than he does actual matches. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. You know he he's he is going to ruin Harry Kane. You understand this, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I think Harry Kane's gone after this season. How many times did Kane touch the ball against United? Seriously. Not much. Because here's the thing: like Mourinho does, he parks the he parks the bus and plays a very very slow buildup. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. Kane, as a target man, works with pace. Yep. Right. So the ball at his feet, but they're either like chipping it up and over. Or, like, the buildup is so slow that he's already up to, like, the back line of the next defense. And right. it, it just – it is not – it is not Kane's game. And, and yeah, he, he thrived. Kerry Kane thrived under, like, Pochettino style, which is very fast-paced. And a, if you go back and look at it, a lot of Harry Kane's goals are not – I wouldn't call it luck, but he just at the right place at the right time because of the fat, how fast it moves and a lot of deflections, you know, come right to him and stuff. And he, he's got a great, you know, strike that he can get it in the back of the net. Anything. But yeah, he's not the style of Mourinho where it's that that buildup, like you said, where it's methodical and you got to be able to play with it uh, and, you know, move around and just. No, it's he's gone after this season. I, I what are those four now? Four matches left. I think these are the last four matches of, of Harry yeah. Kane and, and a Tottenham's jersey, and then he's moving on. Yeah, but Mourinho yeah. was trying to like list off like all the strikers that have played for him and how many goals he they've had under him and how well they are. And so Harry Kane shouldn't you know shouldn't leave and everything. Ah, listen. You know, he's had some great players for him under his, you know, his management. But, Jesus, it's not because of his management. I mean, when you have Zlatan, you know, playing for you, that guy is just a freak of nature himself. There's no there's no coaching Zlatan. And, you know, what was I, it? I mean, all, but all he talks about, though, is things that he's done, 
Which I'm not saying to not give the man credit for what he has done. Absolutely. But at the same time, like, I mean, since his second stint at Chelsea, he hasn't really been that successful. Nope. No, he wasn't successful at United. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, he, you know, United got two trophies under him, but not like amazing trophy. Well, I mean, Europa was okay, but still, though, like, you know, it just. Here's the thing: is that. But oh, I will say this, and you probably will agree that that United team that won the Europa League definitely underperformed in the Premier League. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and it was because of the style of play. Because here's the thing. Because the game is constantly changing, mm-hmm. tactics have to change. Right? right. And that is where Mourinho struggles because he wants to continue his way. And at one time, his way was extremely, extremely successful. Mm-hmm. But he got, like, I, I mean, I mean, look at it, right? He the same way his second sentence Chelsea as he did at United and as he's doing at Spurs. It's yep. the same exact you look at formations, you look at the very slow build up, you look I mean so when he was in his, you know, in his heyday especially with like Inter Milan and um you know what you really had was his you know his first stint with Chelsea um mm-hmm. you know you he had some some obviously great players and the possession buildup, you know, worked. Um, but now you see a lot of teams that they've shifted to, you know, predominantly like a four three three or some variation of that. Right. It is a lot more attacking minded. And so when you play this very slow, slow build up against a highly attacking team, like the other teams coming at you full force you know, scoring goals, and then it's like this very slow buildup again. And it's just, you know, they could have the most possession, but my gosh, it is boring to watch. Right. So, like, Mourinho is still living in the 90s when soccer was a methodical sport. It was very slow. Like, you could you could look at the difference in athletes, you know, and where you start to see the, like, Ronaldo, the Cristiano Ronaldo and, you know, the, the evolution of Beckham from the 90s to early 2000s, and then um, – uh, you know, some of the other, you know, faster players. Uh, oh, God, dropping, I'm forgetting names. But, like, it was either the, the game has evolved to now it is just freak athletes everywhere. You, you, it used to be, you know, strikers were your freak athletes. And then your back line, your defensive guys were, you know, bigger, bulkier guys who were not as fast. But it seems like everyone now on the field can run a, you know, a 4-3-40 in no time and stuff. And, you know, running up and down the field is with ease. And so Mourinho's still living in that 90s mentality where it, you could pass the ball with ease. There wasn't any of this, you know, intercepting and, and crossing lanes or anything like that. And, yeah, it's just – it's I, I, I would be shocked – if Mourinho lasts, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Tottenham's going to give him one more season because of yeah. COVID and stuff like you know everything yeah. that's going on with coronavirus. But I would be shocked if he lasts one more season after this. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it'll give him another year and then yeah. kind of go from there. And I think Solskjaer's got one more year left too. Um, yeah, Solskjaer's on the. I think Solskjaer's got a little bit more leniency um, with it. Like if if say United finished second or third. You know, next year he still still have his job. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. So we, we um, uh, United need uh, they they need someone on the right, and I think hopefully they'll get that out of Sancho, which I think um, would be outstanding. Um, I'm really actually interested to see how Pogba and Bruno Fernandez play together consistently. Yeah, it's going to be... Um, and yeah. then our, our struggle is still... A, a, so Harry Maguire should not be making the mistakes that he's making. And then on top of that, um, it, Dean Henderson, who's on loan at, at Sheffield, who has just been outstanding this season, like he needs to be recalled next season and started. Because uh, David De Gea, for two years now, is making ridiculous statements like mistakes that should not be made at at his level they just they shouldn't 
like near yeah. stick, nutmeg, batting in it. Like it's just he's too inconsistent, and there's no reason why he should be. Yeah, I think that this is the last. Like it, it almost, you know, what was it like three, four years ago? De Gea wanted out and go to Real Madrid, and it was like, no, yeah. you can't get rid of him. You can't get rid of. Him. It almost seems like now, like damn, that that was the window of opportunity to really get a good return on him. But right. you know, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't, in that situation, uh, now the return on De Gea is not going to be anywhere as good uh, because of it, it's just age, and you know, he's just it's yeah. starting to slip up a little bit, and those little tiny mistakes are starting to really build up. You know, I so. mean, I think what you'll eventually see is I think next season that you know we'll bring Dean Henderson back from loan. And there'll actually be some good competition because I think that's part yep. of it. Um, I mean, I really like Sergio Romero, actually, but I, I just I don't think De Gea has competition, really. So, you know, and that's why you're kind of seeing what you are. I mean, um, what, he's been the so think, four, like four years in a row the best player on the t- voted in as the best player on the team or stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that plays a part in it as well. Um, but, you know, I think Henderson comes back next season and really – challenges him for that starting spot and then after that i think you could probably see him go to like uh you know like a i don't even know like uh you know west ham or cardiff or something like that yeah i could see that i could see that but the just what you could have got what united could have gotten return yeah three years ago the only thing, Madrid. yeah the, right the only thing is though is like at that time i don't feel like there were any any goalkeepers that could have taken over for right no time. i get you you know Without, what i mean? no, i agree I, like it was one of those things like that was your best opportunity to get the best return on investment but at the same time you're not going to get a goalkeeper that's going to match his his quality then you know right so you you would have gotten maybe another striker you know maybe another midfielder you know um but you goalkeeper which is you know probably the most important um position on the on the team you know you, you, yeah. get, you can't give that one up you know so i get it absolutely um baseball okay so what the hell is going on with baseball right now you think that we're gonna have a baseball season so uh just recently like 10 15 minutes ago the the, com- the owners let the commissioner say screw it just tell us when to, uh, to show up so it seems like the commissioner is gonna make some sort of type of uh, like judgment and come up with it but what the hell every other sport has been able to get out of this damn covid or at least try to return from coronavirus and baseball is all hopped up on money what's your take on it i don't i don't know because it just seems to be coming like much more rampant 1994 all over community seriously right and so um I, i guess i'm just a little bit curious on like what their measures are because i feel like for a lot of different um teams there's been like basic measures like i think we talked about last time how the nba is you know like when you get there you're like tested right away and then you quarantine yourself for two days regardless Uh, you know so there's a very like systematic thing put in place um obviously for i mean premier league i know it's overseas but, um, you know, you're even finding that with uh, even golf right now, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. there's supposed to be that uh, um, the tournament um, in Hilton Head. And, you know, someone uh, tested positive because they said, like, the island is super packed and, like, no one's following protocol and all that. So, you know, they're a little leery of that. But I just feel like with baseball, we just keep hearing like all these numbers, like especially within the baseball community for some reason. Dude, when I hear the owners and players arguing over 60 games or 70 games, it blows <laughs> my mind. Like, yeah, I understand it's the principle of money that you were promised a certain paycheck and you want to get as much money out of it as, but it's 10 freaking games. We can make right. it up some other way. Do it, you know, do charity events, do whatever. But holy shit, like every other sport was able to figure it out. And here is baseball right. once again showing that money rules all and yeah. taking over. And, and it, it's just ridiculous. Like the NBA, there's still doubts, you know, some doubts that it might start up because, you know, right. of course, 
it's being hosted. It's going to be in Florida at the Walt Disney World Resort. You know, coronavirus is you know going rampant right now through through Florida. Some of the players are talking about not playing because they want to focus on this. You know, uh, Black Lives Matter movement and so forth. I get it. I'm good. So if the NBA says, "Look, we can't do it," at least you know they tried. They they came to an agreement. They're just, right. You know, but, the, but the freaking MLB, the, like the players and the owners, they don't get it. Like I just. It boggles my mind how this one sport alone can be the end-all, be-all that always goes back to money. And that's it. It's 1994 all over again. Um, There's too much money and There's so much money. It's ridiculous. Right. And so if if the NBA doesn't have a season, you're still going to have fans whenever the season picks back up, whether it's in November or next year, you know, when the new season picks off. If MLB does not have a, a season, I don't give it. If it's twenty game season or whatever, if they don't have a season, they're gonna lose so many fans out of this. They're, it's ridiculous. Right. I mean, you can't recover from this. The like, no. they are gonna have to give baseball players steroids again and go back to the nineteen ninety eight <laughs> season with Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Sammy Sosa, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. and so forth. Griffey didn't take steroids, no, but, but. Uh, yeah, but. I can't believe that we're still – it is June – what day is today? I'm, I've lost track. 22nd. June 22nd, and we still do not have an agreement on how baseball can come back together. And they've been discussing this since mid-March. Jeez. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like one of my – like my mom fighting with her aunts and uncles – or my aunts and uncles and stuff, being a Cuban family. They yell at each other, and then they don't talk to each other for like – three weeks and then they come back together and they're all hunky-dory loving each other <laughs> and then they go right back into a fight and then boom they're in, you know well i'm not talking to this, them. this is usual right yeah oh my gosh i can't believe it. it's high school drama <laughs> yeah i don't know it's gonna come from man i don't i don't i don't think it's gonna be good because they can't figure anything out oh man it's 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 the craziest thing all right last story okay did you hear the news? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you did, because you sent me the – what am I talking about? You sent me the text <laughs> that Michael Keaton could possibly be coming back as Batman for the Flashpoint movie. What are your thoughts on that? Like, if I was, like, leery at all about seeing Flashpoint, which, like, I mean, I'd see it, but I wasn't like, oh, you know. But, like, this, I, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. <clears throat> um, and – like, Michael Keaton's still, like, kicking butt now, right? I mean, like, when mm-hmm. he was Birdman and then, Vulture. And, um, you know, Vulture. I mean, like, still just kicking butt. And, like, when I saw that, I was like, no freaking way. Like, I think, it, I think it would be cool. Like, I'm curious as to, like, what they're going to do. Because I thought in the article, it didn't say, I just kind of skimmed it. But I thought in the article it said that it is going to, like, be connected to like mm-hmm. batman and batman returns right no? so i think what when we saw the the whole like it, it's supposed to connect to batman and batman returns uh-huh. and i think basically the the whole like motivation for this was how well received the um arrowverse did with the you know when uh, grant gus oh, and yeah. flash went back you know and and then you had Ezra Miller and Grant Gustin made that, you know, that little cameo appearance for yeah. two minutes and stuff that everybody loved it. Now it's like, oh, well, if everybody likes that, then screw it. We don't have to explain anything of how any of this shit's connected. We'll just say they're all different multiverses and let Ezra Miller just go travel throughout, of, you know. So right. if that is the truth, if they do pull this off, it will be, I think to me, the, the it's not going to be the greatest thing. Ever. I don't think it's going to be like <laughs> Avengers Endgame, but right. it's going to be pretty slick how like everything fell together, you know, and all. if they can get Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer and George Clooney, I'm in, you know, dude, seriously, because they already did Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne in the Arrowverse, and that's all right. connected. So Kevin Conroy's Batman still good, you know, in there. So they're just, that's all they need is just put, Michael Keaton, just have George Clooney just walk in the background in some scene. Val Kilmer, you know, just 
be a part of it somehow, some way, and that would be ultimate. And then yeah, so like yeah, is that, uh, yeah. I mean, some of the names that they were mentioning on there, I just I, that'd be so cool, man. I would love to see that, and just you know, like I said, because Keaton's awesome, and he was awesome as Batman when I when I saw that, I was like, no freaking way, that'd be awesome. And then, so I'm assuming that Flash, that it's supposed to pretty much just change the um, change the timeline to get it to, you know, whatever it is they want, right? Yeah, so um, here's my thought. So you, you don't have Ben Affleck's Batman anymore. Um, Henry, Henry Cavill is supposedly going to make a cameo in either Shazam or Flashpoint. I think it's – if Warner Brothers lets Henry Cavill go, I think that's a big mistake. I think he's, like, a perfect Superman. You I know? agree. Um, so – but I think it's just to to really just mess with people's minds and just let Ezra Miller go to different universes and see, you know, all the different Batmans right? or, you know, this Batman. Because the news yesterday was Jeffrey D. Morgan is – is in talks to reprise his role as Thomas Wayne because he yeah. was Thomas Wayne in, uh, in Batman v Superman. Um, and so he's supposed to, he's, you know, when with uh, Flashpoint, you know, in the alternate universe, he ends up living and Bruce dies, but Martha ends up becoming the Joker and so forth. So, I mean, um, oh, there's a lot alert. of cool stuff. Yes. That, yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot Sorry. of cool stuff they could do. Yeah. <laughs> there I really mean, is. But to throw Michael Keaton's Batman in there, why not? Oh my I, I mean, if you can pay him the money, and even if it's just one day's worth of work coming in and stuff, yeah. oh, yeah. I and mean, the thing, and, and get, here's the thing, though, is, like, you know, get the old suit. Like, don't make a new one. Oh, like, yeah, get yeah, yeah. No, get the suit. old one. Without a doubt, get the old suit. Yes. And where he can't even turn his neck. Can't even, know, like, right? Like he had a karate shop people and stuff. To I, I still remember in Batman '89 when um like Joker's in the helicopter outside of Access Chemicals, mm-hmm. and he goes to like look up and literally has to like bend his back, arch his yeah like nope. bend his back completely back that way to look up. Did you know this is a little trivia here? Um, that like so there were different people in the bat costume for like um uh for different like action scenes clearly. Um, you know, like martial artists, and I forget what a couple other ones were, but one was actually a like a belly dancer for when he would like the way that he would like turn and like whip his cape around, or like it was like a professional dancer who like was just very rhythmic. So that's why how they made it look so smooth with this like eighty something pound costume. Yeah, shit. I mean, there you go. They could have just hired Adam West since he did the bat dance, and you know, oh, gosh. yeah, right. That's his cameo. Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, man, yeah, that'd be it'd be so cool though. I hope it happens. I, I like. I think for any. Here's the thing. Clearly, you have people, and I'm not saying you know they're they're you know like rightfully so like haters and doubters for, um you know DC Universe, which like I said I get. Um, but I seriously think you put Michael Keaton in the film as Batman, you will get people to come to see like just for that. Oh, without a doubt, you will. Yeah. Um, you, you, you'll get all the older uh, adults coming to see him. Yeah. If you say yep. there's five minutes of Michael Keaton in the old Batman suit, you've got, let's say, my dad's, what, 65? You've got that eight, that demographic right there going to go uh, see him. Just to yeah. get that quick glimpse of, you know, Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And just to see, like, how it even plays in there. Yeah, nostalgia will do that, man. I mean, that's why the I think the, you know... Um, the CW event, uh, you know, was so popular just because of all of those different things. Like people were tuning in. Oh, just for the C- see. Uh, for the Smallville actors, Jesus! Oh, I didn't right? know just Smallville actors there were, and, and how many fans of that show there was. Holy smokes! Right. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool just to like, and I think even for just a, just a little glimpse of that, like you didn't know how long people were going to be in there or who was going to be in there. You know what I mean? It was. Like, even some of them that would have been, quote-unquote, like, relatively smaller characters, like the guy, I forget his name off the top of my head, but who played Alexander Knox in Batman 89. Oh, like, yeah. you know, you saw, you saw him for a split second, but it was so cool seeing it. You know, it's just, it's neat to see that. What was his name? 
uh god it was a uh a show after what was it called i forgot it was an hbo show um uh, i can't think of his name right now but yeah, that's uh, gonna bother me yeah i'll look it up later um no i mean i think that if you can connect it all together heck that would be freaking amazing yeah i mean uh the only concern i have about it is that traditionally when you go this route and you have like so the cameos were cool in the in the Arrowverse, you know, crossover event. But to me, I think that that was like the big like focal point and not enough on the story. Like I wish the you know I wish that whole yeah. crossover event had been like ten episodes, you know, to really flesh out the story because I thought so many things got you know just chopped and left behind. Sure. And, like Oliver's death was really like in the second episode was you know. N- nowhere near dramatic as it need like it could have been you know if it's oh, a really, yeah. i mean it was like wait a minute he died that's it more <laughs> oliver like what and oh wait but here's a guy from smallville that just happens to be here and so yeah i think that it, my concern is is that I, i'm okay with michael keaton being in it but if if too many if they try to do it and try to flood it with too many cameo appearances and and right. trying to connect and all then you're going to lose the focal point of this of this movie because i think if they do go the traditional flashpoint way with thomas wayne and that style of batman being you know like the version of deathstroke i guess or whatever we're using yeah. guns yeah. and all you know that's going to be close to a, a rated r movie um sure. and i hope they it, it keeps it that way i like i could see like flash you know, movies and or at least this Flashpoint movie being a almost a Deadpool-esque style movie where you could go rated R and people will still go and see it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's all Warner Brothers. Are they trying to sell toys? Or are they trying to sell, you know, um, movie and, tickets? Well, and that's the thing that they have to eventually figure out. And I think, <clears throat> I think that's what's hurt the DCEU all along is like, they they just never found like their I- identity right like first yeah. they wanted to be like dark but then they wanted to be funny and it's just like you like you need to pick one and go with it right you know and i mean personally i think if they would have kept it <clears throat> excuse me kept it dark but just change some of the things like you know batman killing like you know he doesn't kill clearly and then like superman like just maybe not quite as like you know docile like make some more kind of subtle changes you know, do, do some of those things that are very subtle but can still keep the overall tone um, and not just kind of hop back and forth because then, you know, I think that's what made them lose their identity in the first place. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see this Zack Snyder Justice League cut um, because yeah. that's where you're really going to see how much Warner Brothers really interfered with uh, oh, yeah. with the, the studios because – so I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the ultimate edition of Batman vs Superman. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like three and a half hours long, but uh, so so worth it. So worth it, right? If you watch it, it's really a good movie. Not the greatest. Not you know, it's not Oscar worthy, and it's not. I it wouldn't makes even a lot it. more sense. It does. It, it, the story comes like full circle, and it's it, it you know, and so I, what I wonder is is that. You know, because let's see. So Man of Steel had was supposed to have a extended cut to it. Never got to it um, because Zack Snyder went straight into working on Batman vs Superman. You get Batman vs Superman. You see the theatrical cut versus the uh, extended edition. The extended edition Zack Snyder's version. Most people agree that have seen it, saying, "Yeah, it's not bad. It's actually you know pretty good. Not you know, oh my gosh, you know." earth-shattering right. but they they like it if the, if the snyder cut comes out and it is 10 times better than the justice league cut now i understand the situation where zach snyder's um you know was his son committed suicide and everything so he had to step away and then it became an issue and like finishing the movie um but if you see a, a totally different movie and it's and zach snyder's better i think you got to give credit to zach snyder and say let him, you know, finish out his story. I know that Ben Affleck's done as, as Batman, but if there's a possibility that Zack Snyder can do another type of, you know, Superman movie and, and so forth, then let him do it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, that was the thing with the, like they said, the, you know, extended cut or the ultimate cut or whatever. Um, 
you know, I remember, like, for instance, it would have helped it in the long run, box office-wise, I think, because, you know, I think they wanted to cut it because they thought, you know, it pushed fans away with the length. But I think it actually, they did more damage with some of the cuts because I remember mm-hmm. one of the biggest gripes was how when Superman was in the courtroom and, um, you know, there was the explosion, like, how would he not have seen the bomb? Like he's, you know, right. he see through exactly. anything. Well, then you find out what the wheelchair is lined with and you know that he can't see it. Like, you know why he didn't see it. And so that would have taken away one of the, one of the major like criticisms of it. Oh, well, that um, like baffles me that some executive or ed- like somebody above Zack Snyder said, yeah, we can do it without the scene right here and cut it out. Like, Right. Did we watch the same movie? Did you? Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. The, the the main gripe that I had with that movie, and it's going to sound really super petty, was that like for whatever I really wanted Doomsday to have like the like the sweet ponytail thing and all. That. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. I just wanted him to look a little bit more like Doomsday. More like a comic book. Yep. Look oh, like. Yeah. yeah. I was just. You know, when I saw that Doomsday was in it, I thought it was like uh, to me. I thought, well, it's kind of rushed because I was expecting, you know, one like this, maybe one more Superman movie, and then introduce Doomsday. Uh, but no, yeah. but yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think they they almost got it right, but they missed out on a couple details to make it. Yeah, really feel like I didn't like the whole like like the colossus move from the classic x-men arcade game when he would get pissed and, do that yeah. and you would see like this yeah. bubble form up like that i was like yeah. no you gotta get rid of that just let him be just indestructible badass you know monster or whatever right. but you know it's yeah i mean there was like like i said it's a good movie when you watch the ultimate you know cut on it um not the greatest movie of all time. Nowhere near comparison of like the in- in Avengers Infinity War. You know, even some of the other single Marvel films like Civil War, you know, or Winter Soldier, or anything like that. But it's it hangs in the middle, and it's okay. It's not you know horrible. And I think you know the editing was what killed that movie. So Justice League, it was the same thing. You could tell it was. It was a hodgepodge put together. You know, you had some, you know, Zack Snyder-esque type scenes and then, you know, some other scenes that were just kind of put together at last minute and just didn't work out whatsoever. So it's going to be interesting to see the Snyder cut. I'm looking forward to Flashpoint if they can pull this off because this movie has been in the works now, what, five years, I think? Um, yeah. Yeah. So if they can pull that off. I mean, yeah, I mean they have a right, well at this time a projected release date, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, projected release date. So yeah, there's some bombshells I dropped with that saying, yeah, we won't be seeing a Star Wars movie until 2024. So and we'll see oh. Flashpoint and stuff. So dude, COVID's just killing everything. You know, there's no yeah executives just don't don't trust the the market right now. You you put a, a movie out like. Uh, all power to Christopher Nolan and and uh, what's this? Is it? I think it's Warner Brothers with Tenant and stuff. But man, yes. even though with all the AMC theaters and everything reopening, people are still scared to go back to the movie theater. So yeah, yeah, and that's why you know it's kind of like you said. I think people would like, dude, invest in some drive-ins, man, because oh my gosh, million dollars. I, I mean, think about it. Would you like <laughs> if you want if if it was between like, hey, you could take, you know, your kids to go see a movie, like you're not going to take them to the theater right now. Like, right. You take them, you take them to the drive-in because you're in your own car. You know, like it's just like I don't know. Or even like let them fall asleep in the back and you, you know, you watch a movie while because you know I get yeah. it. The, the driving theater where my wife's from in Ohio and stuff. I mean, shoot, it doesn't get dark there till like, almost 9 o'clock. So the movie's starting, and kids are, like, oh, in their right, pajamas yeah. and stuff. So they only make it, like, 15 minutes into the film. So Right. And they always uh, the one that she has by her uh, old house is a double uh, double header. So you get two oh, movies awesome. for the price of one. It's awesome. Heck, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So. Um, the, um, what's the, the most um, 
drive-in movie theater that I can remember the most, or the movie that like I remember the most was going to see Dick Tracy in the movie theater. Oh my gosh, you went, you oh, saw yeah. the drive-in, like in the drive-in. Oh yeah. yeah. And we were the only ones there. I'm not even joking. Are you serious? Yeah, it was just like the time that we went or something, but it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, we were legit the only ones there. Dude, so I've been in a movie theater by myself watching it. I can only imagine being in a drive-in theater in a field <laughs> all by yourself. Like, geez. oh yeah, That's oh awesome. yeah, it was good stuff though. Uh-huh. All right, well that puts us in in an hour. Good uh, stopping point here. I think we've covered cool. most of the. The, the big discussion topics, you know, um, anytime you can sn- get a good Bruce Arena story in, you know, it's a good day. Oh, I- man. <laughs> he, he's awful. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I've never liked him. I also don't like his, like, reliance on MLS players. Oh, it my just, God. Like, no. I mean, it's clearly proved to be, you know, a downfall for him. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, that's it for us this week. Uh, we'll do this again all right, man. next week. Yep. Sounds good. Tell all the ladies who said, hey. Will do. All right. See ya. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.